What would you think if I told you that I have found a really good thing to gamble on? Um, I, I have an inside bit of information about a ball game that's going to be played, and I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm almost certain, that this team is going to win that's actually the underdog in the contest. And so I'm thinking about putting my house up as a gambling stake in the outcome of this particular game, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive, that this underdog team is going to win. What would you think about that? You would say, what? You've got to be kidding, of course, right? You're not going to do that, are you? Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that this underdog team is going to win something. And I'm at least going to bet my car on the outcome of this game. What would you think of that? Um, or I tell you what, I'm, I'm just feeling particularly lucky this day. I'm not even going to base my, my gamble proposition on the outcome of a ball game. I'm going to, I'm going to bet my house on the flip of a coin, you know, uh, and, and see how it turns out. You know, if anybody suggested such things as that, everybody would think that they'd absolutely lost their mind, of course. That's just simply bizarrely crazy to think about making propositions, gambling propositions like that. Now, of course, we agree and understand that the Bible teaches that all gambling is wrong. So we're not suggesting that gambling on a lesser stake would be uh, advisable. All gambling is wrong. But if you thought of, heard of someone who was going to put up such valuable, necessary things in a gambling proposition, you'd think they had just lost their mind. Well, unfortunately... Sometimes people do that, not likely. But unfortunately, uh, there are some people gambling on things more serious than that. And the most serious of all is the one we want to talk about this morning. We want to talk about gambling on your soul. Uh, there's a lot of warnings and admonitions uh, not to take chances with our most valuable possession, our most precious commodity. Uh, we, we're talking about risking the loss of our house or car. The, the, our house or our car pales in comparison to the value of our eternal soul, and yet people are gambling on that. We want to talk this morning about some of the ways that people are taking risks with their souls. And by doing that, we hope that we can uh, say some things to encourage us all to take great precautions and prepare ourselves properly for eternity. Thanks for being here on this beautiful Lord's Day morning. We're glad that you're here. We appreciate the effort that you've made to be present. We know that that takes some doing to get up and get ready and to come, especially those of you who have young children to get ready and bring as well. We appreciate all of you for the efforts that you've made this morning to be present. We hope that when we leave here today, everybody will honestly be able to say it was good for us to have been there. We gained, we prospered, we were benefited by our time spent together this morning. But of course, more than that, what we hope is that God will be pleased and honored and glorified with our worship this morning. But we thank you all for being here. We especially greet our visitors, as Anthony already did. We're glad that you're here. If you have any questions, and if we can help you with Bible study in any way at all, please let us know. We're very anxious to do that. Let's talk about gambling on your soul, and what are some of the ways that people might do that. First of all, you're gambling on your soul if you think that you will always have another chance, another opportunity, if you count on having a further opportunity to obey the gospel. Um, have you heard about, pe people obviously put things off. Have you heard about 
National Procrastination Week, National Procrastinators Week. This year it was March 8th through 14th. March 8th through 14th of this year was National Procrastination Week. Some people, though, haven't gotten around to celebrating it yet, obviously. And so you might celebrate it at any given time because procrastinators, of course, put things off. And so although that was the designated week, you may not have gotten around to that yet if you are a procrastinator. Procrastinators put things off. We all do that, of course. Uh, Sometimes it's not so serious. The things that we postpone doing are not so serious. But sometimes they are very serious things that we put off doing that we should be doing. And here, of course, is the most serious of all to postpone or to procrastinate doing the will of God. No tomorrow is guaranteed to us. I'm sure you know that. I don't have to tell you that. We do not have the promise that we'll even be here tomorrow to do anything. And therefore, we need to be doing critical things in this moment. And the most critical of all is to serve God, to obey His will, uh, to prepare yourself for the reality of death and judgment. In James chapter 4, verse 14, It says, Ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Uh, That is certainly a reality. And we know that. It's not news to you. We're We're not revealing or explaining things that have never been understood before. We all know life is very brief and can be taken away suddenly. And so we need to be prepared. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. How many times in our own lives and in the lives of people that we uh, are close to has that very statement been borne out? You know, things change just suddenly. Suddenly something happens and, and your whole life is thrown uh, for, uh, you know, out of, completely out of kilter. Things that you were planning to do, things you expected to be able to accomplish, suddenly out the window because something dramatic has happened that changed everything. We know that we, we are not sure of what a day may bring forth. And so spiritually, it tells us that we are taking a great risk, a tremendous gamble with our souls if we postpone our obedience to God, thinking that we'll have another opportunity to do that, imagining that there will always be a tomorrow. There won't always be a tomorrow. And so we need to be prepared. Don't take that chance. If you've never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you've never become a Christian, if you've never been forgiven of your past sins, we would urge you not to delay that anymore. Uh, this is way too important. Nothing else compares. Make sure you're right with God. Don't plan on doing it later. Later may never come. If you are not right with God, if you're a Christian, but your life is not right with God, again, we'd say exactly the same things. Don't postpone thinking there will always be another chance. It's just too great of a risk. You're also gambling on your soul if you think that your very desire to obey the gospel will always be there. You know, uh, times change, and the things that we have an interest in also change. Have you thought about this? A number of years ago, I mean almost 30 years ago, I had a desire for a camper truck, you know? One of those little, it has a, it has like a van front end on it, but a big camper behind it. It's not nearly as big as some of the big campers we see these days, but there was a time when I really wanted one of those things. Man, I just thought, especially when the kids were little and we had to make a trip somewhere, how fun it would have been to throw them back there in the back of the camper and head off down the road. And I, I got to thinking, you know, It'd be so neat if I could just look over at Cindy and say, 
I'm hungry. Could you go back there and make me a sandwich? <laughs> oh, wow, what a way to travel. And so I found one of those things for sale, a used one, because I never had much money to spend on it at all. And I couldn't even afford this used one I found. But I was so interested in that thing, I even went to the bank and investigated about getting a loan to buy that camper truck. Well, my better sense prevailed, and I didn't buy it at the time. And you know what? I now have absolutely no interest in that at all. That, that thing, one of those things appeals to me not in the least. I have no desire for that anymore at all. Now, you've had something like that, I'm sure, in your life. Something that at one time you really, really craved it, you wanted it, you desired it, but then later you lost all interest in it. Well, have you thought about how that can happen with your desire to serve God, to obey His will, to want to be right with Him? There's the possibility that if you pass on this opportunity to do it now while you're interested in it, and you put that off and postpone it, there's the possibility that as time goes on, you'll lose that desire and then die unprepared to meet God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, the wise man says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. You see what he's describing right there? And he's especially talking to young people, but to us all, the message is, you could have the desire now, but in the time to come, you'll have no pleasure in them. The desire will have passed. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Notice the possibility that your heart grows hardened, that you're no longer touched with the gospel, that, that, that the appeal of the Scriptures and, and the story of Jesus and the great uh, news of His sacrifice on the cross for salvation... All of the things that are there to draw us, if we keep saying no, our hearts may grow hardened and our desire may pass. And then nothing left to motivate us to prepare for the most important eventuality of all, that is death and judgment. So, again, you're certainly gambling on your soul if you think your desire to be right with God will always be there. Because, unfortunately, it's not so. And my guess is that most all of us here could speak of some people that we have known who seem to have just lost that craving to be right with God. And so they go on in their life and they never make preparations. That's a great gamble. Be aware of it. You're taking a gamble on your soul if you refuse to do even one thing that God says that you ought to be doing. Now, understand what we're saying here is we're not saying, uh, uh, these first couple points, we were talking about people who refuse to obey at all. You know, they just postpone it, they procrastinate, or uh, they lose the desire to do anything that God says. Those are great dangers, but here we're talking about a different kind of danger, and that is the person who says, there's this one thing that I know ought to be done, but I'm not willing to do it. Now, they do most everything else, God says, but they are willing to take a risk on not doing just one thing that God says. Even one thing. If we refuse to do one thing that God says, we're taking a gamble on our souls. All of us have had the experience of filling out rebate forms. You know, you buy something at the store and you get your receipt, but with the receipt they give you this little rebate form. I don't know about you, but those things are kind of stressful to me. When I'm filling out those rebate forms, I read the rules over here and I... And then I go back, I read, I want to make sure 
that I'm doing everything that the conditions on the rebate require. And I may go back again and read Now, I've done that and I've done that. Oh, oh, there, I want to correct that because that's not... And it may be for a rebate of a dollar or two, you know, but I'm taking great precautions to make sure I've done every single thing the way that it's supposed to be done. Uh, why? Because we understand you leave something undone. You might, you might miss out on that dollar or two rebate. What if you had a new job? And on the first day of your new job, your new boss said, here are the five things I want you to do today. Would you take a risk on that new job of leaving off just one of the five things? That your boss said to do? No. Of course not. I wouldn't leave anything undone. I'd want to do them all. Um, so why would we approach our service to God with the idea that we can leave off something? Even just one thing that we know we ought to be doing that we don't do. One thing that ought to be done the way He said to do it, but we think we can change that. Why would we take a risk of refusing to do even one thing we know God wants us to do? In James chapter 2, verse 10. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and offend in one point, he is guilty of all. There's the idea that God has always had, that he expects us to obey what he tells us to do and not leave things undone. In the reading that Stephen read for us earlier from Mark chapter 10, we have that familiar episode with the rich young ruler. And he came to Jesus saying, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Great question. That's the question we all ought to be interested in. And Jesus responded, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And the young man could proudly say, Master, all these I've served from my youth up. I've done all that. And he was glad to announce that. But Jesus said, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Jesus knew that the one thing he lacked was a love for his material possessions. All the other things could have been right. But here's one thing you haven't got right, and you need to get that right if you want to inherit eternal life. Jesus' expression there, one thing thou lackest, would again emphasize our point here is that if we refuse to do even just one of the things that God has told us to do, we're taking a tremendous gamble with our soul. I think we're also taking a gamble with our soul if we take questionable positions on any matter that pertains to the soul. Um, some of you have had experience trying to do some renovations maybe to your house wiring. Now, I'm going to ask Lee to close his ears and not listen to this because he, you know, Lee would advise us against this. But I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I found a couple old wires and I wanted to hook them up to something new, but I don't know... I don't know whether this wire goes to that one and that one to that one or vice versa. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to hook them up and then I'm going to kind of shield my eyes and flip the switch and see if it works. Because it's going to work or not work, right? One way or the other, it's going to either work or there's going to be this tremendous spray of sparks and throw the breaker and maybe melt the wires. And I'm just going to try, you know. I'm just going to take a chance. I'm not sure... Which wire should be connected to which wire? But I'm just going to take a chance that this is probably the way it ought to go. Some of us have done that. Uh, and we've learned, unfortunately, we've learned the hard way that that's not good practice. You need to, you need to track down those wires and see where they come from. Lee would tell you how to do that. And you can, you can avoid the risk by taking certain precautions. And we're suggesting that we should do that certainly with our soul. Do not take a risk with your soul on questionable matters. Don't take a position and don't act in things that you're not sure about 
as being authorized from God. In James chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Here's one way that you could be taking a questionable position. You know that this is what God says. There's really no question about that. And this is this is what He said to do, and this is how He said to do it, and you know this is right and can't be wrong. This is sort of the... All my life I remember preachers preaching the infallibly safe way. This is the infallibly safe way. And you know it's good and right, but you don't do it. Uh, James says that's sinful. To know to do right and not to do it. To know to do good and do it not to him and his sin. So there's there's that idea of taking a questionable or dangerous position on a matter of the soul. Or how about this one? In Romans chapter 14, verse 23, Paul said, He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Uh, you know, in situations where we're willing to compromise our conscience, in situations where we do not act in faith, we know, and the Scriptures have revealed, and yet, we do not act in faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so in verses like those that we've just referenced, the idea, the possibility is that we could step out into questionable areas, things that we can't prove to be right or know that it's absolutely what God wants, but we really, we are willing to risk our soul on those things. That's, that's too much of a gamble. And we urge you, do not do that. And finally, let me suggest to you that we gamble on our souls if we think God somehow has a plan whereby we could be excused after our death. We didn't obey Him while we had the time and chance to do it here and now, but somehow we think that it's going to be all right anyway. And then maybe later on a provision will be made whereby we could be saved. I think lots of people have this in mind. Perhaps underlying this attitude that God will pardon us later is the idea, the false idea, that God is such a great and loving God that He could never really, when, it, when push comes to shove, God will never be able to really condemn people to hell because He's just too much of a loving God and He would never punish anyone. I want to tell you, the people who hold that position, and there are plenty of them, but the people who hold that position are not very familiar with their Bibles. Because God, while certainly a great and loving God, beyond question and really beyond comprehension, the love He has for us, but He is also a just God. And, and He demands that unforgiven evil be punished. And, and He's always done that. And all through the Scriptures we read about God punishing those who were disobedient. And so anybody who has the idea, well, God really, He won't punish us, and He'll pardon us later. We didn't serve Him in our life. We did we did our own will. You know, we pursued our own agenda. We weren't even interested in things of God, but I really think He'll pardon me anyway. No, you don't know God. You haven't read about the God of the Bible. He's a loving God, and He makes salvation possible for us all. And He makes it easy for us to be forgiven. But He, but he does not overlook sin. And He punishes those who do evil without forgiveness, who have not sought His forgiveness. There certainly is no second chance after death. In Luke chapter 16, verse 26, in the story of the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus taught, you remember, he said to the rich man who was in torment after death and wanted some relief. And Abraham is the spokesman here. Jesus tells the story and he tells of Abraham saying, between us and you there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot... Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Uh, after death, 
our destiny is sealed and it won't be changed, can't be changed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Notice, judgment is based upon the things done in the body. What's that tell you? Well, after we're dead, then it's a sealed deal. It's finished. Uh, we can't be judged on things done after we've died. We'll be judged on the things done in our bodies. And so, again, that's a great risk. If you have this idea that somehow, even after you die, you weren't obedient, you didn't care, you didn't try, but somehow God will pardon you later on, well, that's, not, that's not even a gamble at all, of course. That, that, that's just absolutely a false position that will lead to eternal damnation. You're taking a risk on your soul in these matters. And as we said at the outset, uh, taking gambles with valuable things is just crazy. You wouldn't take a risk uh, on the flip of a coin, your house or your car or some other uh, valuable possession. You just wouldn't do that. You don't gamble with things of value. And, of course, our, our, the thing that we have of greatest value is our eternal soul because, really, in, in reality... Uh, we're just here for a little while, but our souls will endure forever. In, in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And that's just there to emphasize that our eternal soul is the most valuable thing of all. Is yours right with God? Have you made the necessary preparations for death and judgment? If you're not a Christian... We urge you to make the decision to become one without delay. Don't postpone that. Upon hearing the truth and believing it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, and be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can assist you in that obedience, we want to do that. We'd be anxious to do that. We'd also be more than glad to study with you more if you have questions about what one must do in order to be saved. If you're a Christian already, but you know that your life is not right with God, you're taking a tremendous gamble. Don't stay in that situation. Come back to him in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing.